Hi, this is Slowly But Never Backwards, a mental health and wellness podcast. My name is Jillian Francis. I'm a 27-year-old thyroid cancer patient with bipolar and ADHD. And the purpose of this podcast is to kind of break down some stigmas that I encountered over the past few months on my mental health journey. Um, I also kind of want to be able to provide some different information on different uh, mental wellness techniques I learned at my different hospital stays, as well as maybe bring in some professionals to get bring share their insights, as well as talk to other mental health patients. Because, I mean, just because we're patients and have these mental issues doesn't mean that we can't provide some brilliant insights to the world as well. So I want to apologize for how fast and how mumbly I'm going to end up being throughout all of this. I tend to kind of speak before I think. I'm going to try not to do that, of course, but with ADD, I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, and I also want to apologize for how horrible this audio quality probably is. I'm using a gaming headset, so um, I hope you guys will still listen to my story. Uh, if my story inspires you and you want to tell your own story or you want to come talk, uh, contact me. I'm on Facebook at Jillian Francis, on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at KittenKiller555. There's a wonderful backstory for that, but we don't have time for that today. But please get in contact with me. I'd love to share other people's stories and inspire people out there who may be thinking that they're alone. So contact me. So I decided to start things off by telling my story. I think it's important to be vulnerable with people that you want to have a good relationship with. And I want to have a good relationship with you, my viewing audience. Well, listening audience. God, I'm a little scatterbrained. That's okay. But when you're vulnerable, you can earn people's trust. And that's what I want to do with you guys. And nothing would be more vulnerable than to share my 2018 All the Grit. And I want to be able to inspire others to be vulnerable with those they they love and want to help as well. Because nothing will improve your relationship more than communication and vulnerability. And if I inspire you and you want to share your story, I would love for you to get in contact with me so you can come on my podcast and talk about your story and your insights as well. So you guys can hit me up on Facebook. I'm Jillian Francis on there. On TikTok and Instagram, I'm KittenKiller555. It's a long story. It's a high school thing, but long story short, I'm an empowered cat that kills zombies. Right on. So moving forward. (laughs) Oh my goodness, where to start? Well, before 2018, I was just... Kind of enjoying life with our part, with my two partners and my son, and we just moved into a house. Honestly, and that's kind of when things probably started getting super stressful because my mom was sick with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the time. Um, it was rough. It was definitely really rough. We were told in January that she'd have about six months, but by March 2018, she passed, and I went into uber deep denial. And that's probably when my depressive episodes first started. But then in April, our second son, Elijah, was born. And he put purpose back into my life. That's for darn sure. That and then Allison, my partner, she got pretty bad postpartum depression. So 
I really just wanted to keep things going for all of us. So I, I went hard into my Adderall and I tried to just keep trucking along for, for everyone else's sake. And my depression got worse. My ADHD got worse. And I just kept kind of asking my doctors to increase my Adderall doses. And, and I just kept going and marathoning through life. Um, around July of 2018, my husband, Jake, uh, got really bad gastritis and I don't even know the full extent of what happened to him, but he was in the hospital for a week up in Northern Michigan. He was away from us that whole entire time. I, I think, I'm not sure if that's what started our economic issues, but it was definitely rough. That's for sure. After that, um, that fall, I went to my doctor, and he we did an annual exam. He felt my throat, and he was like, so how long has this bump been here? I was like, uh, what bump? And so I ignored that for about six months. Come January 2019, I hate January. I always hate January. But we had a pregnancy loss for my partner as well. Then February 2019 is when I got my thyroid cancer diagnosis. and. That was rough. I went into kind of denial about that too. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was going to cure it with um, cannabis oil concentrate and not do too much medicine besides the thyroidectomy because I know we just take it out, it'll be done. I can kill it with nothing else. I don't need radiation. That was my whole mindset the entire time. So March 2019, I had my thyroid removed. When I was in there, they did a PHQ-9 on me, which is depression screening. I was honest. I had very depressed feelings. I had cancer. I didn't. I was putting a burden on my family in so many different ways. I started seeing a therapist back in the fall of 2018, but I wasn't doing the best with it. No doubt about that. The so they put me on a suicide watch for almost 24 hours without a doctor coming to talk to me. When one finally did come talk to me, he did a very quick assessment of me and decided to put me on lithium. Between the lithium, the venoplaxlane for the, the depression, and the high dose of cannabis that I was taking to try to cure my cancer, it sent me into one of the craziest mania, psychotic, I don't even know episodes ever. By the time I was done with this week-long marathoning, not being able to sleep, constant thoughts running through my head, creative explosion. I ended up on the floor in, in my bathtub, puking, screaming that I wanted to die. But I didn't want to die, like, physically. I wanted all the horrible parts of myself to die. It felt like a very big purge of emotions. And that little episode, though, winded me up in Harbor Oaks Hospital. Um, I'll talk about Harbor Oaks on a different day in more detail, but... It was a rough go in there. I, I had a hard time getting my meds to me on time. Um, it was a very loud place, and it was kind of hard to stay on task, but I got out of there. <laughs> this seems like I tried to escape. I remember leaving and kind of just like fast pacing to the car, just staring my dad down going, let's go, let's go, let's go. But it was way too soon, and... I ended up back in another hospital within a couple days where, where they kept me there for almost eight days as well. They put me on a little bit more balanced dose of medications and a better discharge plan and taught me some, some really good skills in order to 
Maybe do a little bit better on the outside. I just want to say I'm doing a very, very, very short version of what my actual story is because I know I'm going to talk about these things in more detail in different episodes. I put my partners through a lot of anguish throughout that manic episode as well. And I'm going to kind of break that down a bit more when I talk about mania in a different episode. But I don't want to downplay that at all. My partners went through a lot for me, and I am beyond grateful that they're still here today. So before I move on to the hopeful side of my story, I just wanted to throw that in there. So after Stonecrest, my father picked me up from there as well. We went to Olive Garden. Oh my gosh, the food was great. Ugh. We, I decided to live with dad for a while. For about, I think I lived there for two or three days. And I called it dad rehab. Because I gave myself like a, this whole schedule that was really similar to the inside of the ward. I had made myself eat good food. I had myself almost on clockwork. But I kept trying to go home. I did it like three or four times where I would try to stay home for three or four times in a row, days in a row. And, and Allison would get so agitated with me and I couldn't understand why. And she would demand the space that I didn't understand why she needed. And I didn't realize that she needed space away from the house, not necessarily away from me. She wanted space away from the situation. And that was understandable. I put them through so much. And I kind of just dumped it all and went off to the fix myself without leaving them any help. And I feel so bad for that. And I will make up to them someday, I swear. Um, but also, I was so blind to all the piles I was making all over the house. I would, start, I would do all these things to help me cope with just being out because I was experiencing very high levels of sensory overload that I was unable to really be a mom or do chores or anything like that. I just kept creating more and more mess for them to clean up, which was a massive issue. On top of that, I, I'm suffering really bad like concentration and memory issues. I can't remember anything for the life of me. I'm having a hard time focusing on reading or talking for long periods of time to people. Even recording this, I have to do it in segments or else I won't be able to get out everything I want to get out properly. Or I'll ramble like I'm kind of doing right now. But I digress. Uh, I'm still not 100% there now. I think I, I'm two months, almost three months out of the last hospital I was in. And I'm still having a lot of issues controlling my emotions. I'm doing a lot better, of course. Um, I recognize that schedules and planning is going to be essential to getting my life back on track. And not just me, but the whole entire family. And that's going to take time. And I'm not a very patient person. And I recognize all that. That doesn't make anything any easier. And I'm still dealing with some addiction issues, and I'll talk about that in, in, in an episode where I talk about addiction, hopefully with someone else who can relate with it with me so I don't feel so alone and vulnerable. Like, that's one hard one to talk about, I feel. Um, but currently, I'm on one couple, I think I'm on two psych meds, and I'm on a bunch of things for my thyroid. 
And I go to counseling at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. And I'm seeing a doctor that regulates my psych meds. So I'm doing everything I can in order to get my mental stuff back on track. Uh, as far as the cancer goes, it's still an issue. I start a low iodine diet on June 6th. That way I can get a full body scan done a couple weeks after that in June. And then after that, I will do a low, I'll do a radiated iodine treatment that will zap the rest of the cancer apparently. So, and then hopefully it's done. I just want this all to be done so I can move forward because that's my plan. It's just to keep moving forward slowly, but never backwards, right? Okay, so that was my story. Um, it needs a lot more detail, but I just wanted to give a little bit of background for some of the topics that I want to start talking about right away. Um, I would love to have some people come on and discuss some of these topics with me. I want to go over coping skills. I want to go over addiction. I want to go over um, hospital inpatient treatments, hospitalizations. Um, I want to talk about people's stories. I want to talk about religion, enlightenment. So if you're interested in talking about any of those things on a podcast, uh, come sit and talk with me so I'm not so lonely. No, I'm not lonely. But seriously, I would love to have you guys on. I hope you guys like this idea and will like the, my podcast. Maybe even follow it, subscribe. And we'll see you next time. And just remember, just because you drop a tool to your mental health doesn't mean you can't pick it up. We're a solid journey, slowly but never backwards.